0: Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Rainbow Wrap-Up, and it's winning time. And no, I'm not talking about that awesome show on HBO, which I'm going to drop because I love it, but we're talking about UH winning time because we got to win. You know, it was one of those games we said, uh, fitty, fitty, and it did come down really to a coin flip. And the guy who I know has a story to share, what's up, (laughs) Brian? Hey, how's it, Wayne? How's it, Sean? And of course, Sean I mean, What's up, Sean? <laughs> oh, What's up, guys? What's up, Warrior Nation? Um, you know, I, I have to pinpoint Ryan at the beginning of the show because, you know, standing at games, we're going to talk about this later Show standing at games, and I stand a lot. <laughs> I stand a ton. And so does Sean most of the time, unless it's raining and he has a raincoat, a rain jacket around him. And poncho. he's wrapped in a cocoon. Poncho. Then um, he's sitting. But other than that, he's up as well. But Ryan, man, he dared defy an (laughs) usher's glance, cursory glance at the (laughs) stands, in which she determined that he was blocking people behind him, even though no one complained. Anyways, we're going to talk about that incident. Uh, I'm going to let Ryan get into it because, you know, it goes to a, a, a larger issue about what the school should know about what's going on because it affects game environment and the entertainment value that you get from a game so we'll talk about that but entertainment value always high when you come with hawaii sports fans you know we talked about portland um and that amazing tour we had last week but looking into the future just like my boy lane who was our first time on our last tour told me so when's the next one That was his last final words and i can't I, those are the best final words you can hear when you are a tour guide because you know we just have so much fun and it's like I thought about it being a camp counselor. So I'm like your camp counselor and you're just like you're at camp and I'm just, I'm just taking you through the day and we're just doing grown up fun things too. Not, I mean, kid fun things as well, even, but grown up fun things. And, um, you know, I just kind of nudge you along and we're going to be doing so in Reno, Nevada. I think that's mm-hmm. another 50, 50 game, even though Nevada, um, is looking like someone in our kind of range, like New Mexico state is or was, and we're going to talk about that, of course, that game, but check out hisportsfans.com. Leave your email, or email info at hisportsfans.com, because Reno, um, there's a certain airline I'm not going to drop, but they are running a a fair, um, 50% off even. So Honolulu to Reno, you can get the good fare on Southwest, I'll just say, because you know my <laughs> mom works for them too, so shout out to them, um, wow. and all the, all the people that listen out there. Um, but you know, like in Hawaii, you know, there's a lot of tourists taking advantage of it coming in, these fairs. I think Hawaii people gotta take advantage of them going going places, like leaving the island, you know, like with all the competition, a lot of the fairs have dropped a lot. And it's a good time to travel and just explore. And you don't have to take that many days off. Like this Reno tour, um, you know, oh. you can get a good fare right now in Southwest, even even below like I saw as low as 116, $116. Um, but that is crazy. The Honolulu yeah. directly to Reno. I think is a really good deal. Um, you get there late on Thursday, then Friday, we do some fun activities, do some touring, distilleries, breweries, go to Lake Tahoe, um, check out some views, have dinner that night, do a little pre-kickoff rally. Um, and then on Saturday, I'm gonna have a tailgate. It's an after it's a one PM game. So we're gonna do a little brunch tailgate, and then um have dinner later that night, and then Sunday go home already. So it's a really fast and easy tour if you wanna just get a taste of it uh hi sports fan store i mean this year we've done 10 day tours so i guess doing a three day is almost like very mild but um still we're gonna pack some fun in there so check it out um but if not uh you know we're you know you'll even if you just come on your own come say hi a lot of us will be there me sean ryan Um, we're trying to get sean back on the road again this year (laughs) um but ryan will be there in, in reno as well he'll also be in vegas so come say hi in Vegas. Oh Lalohead will also be in Reno. So go say hi to you mm-hmm. Um and a few show will be there. This is her this is her her um, you know shout out right now. She'll be there. Mm-hmm. And you know, go say hi, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. Um but Ryan has some news to share as well, you know, in his weekly um mm-hmm. charity uh matchup that he's been doing. And just give us some details, Ryan.
1: Yeah, so uh, funny story is is that I initially picked a charity last week that turned out to be an Albuquerque charity. So New Mexico, you got yours earlier (laughs) than expected. But New Mexico State is in uh, Las Cruces, not Albuquerque. And uh, the one I picked this week is called Safe Haven Animal Sanctuary. And it's, cool. it's a very, uh, it's it's been around since 96. It's actually, you know, it's a no-kill uh, sanctuary as well. But they based it off um, one called Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, which is the largest one in the country in Canab, Utah, which I actually visited during COVID in 2021 when we were driving around hiking Zion and all the other fun stuff. We actually got to visit that whole area. Cool. So it, it's, it's this uh, spot spot's about 10 miles outside of Las Cruces. Um, but yeah, fantastic group out there. And, you know, wanted to get something, local a little bit closer than my you know yeah three hours away in albuquerque um and then for maui this week uh, i found a really nice one it's called the lahaina restoration foundation and they're actually they manage and have restored multiple about a dozen museums and other spots but they're also in charge of the famous banyan tree and the park that surrounds it so you know shout out to them i don't know if anyone saw it in the news this week but that banyan tree started sprouting leaves again so Kind of oh, cool. cool with and, that. You know, everything that it, that happened to it, it's still,
0: you know, surviving and going strong there. It is something, uh, the banyan tree that is, and we want to see it um, continue to thrive. Um, but we were there together in the stands, uh, Sean, Ryan, <laughs> a few of our friends. But what are your just quick reactions from that one? Woo, because I went home and I was just like, I'm just going to sit in this one. Wow, we won. Um, but Sean, what are your your just quick reaction?
2: Well, my favorite play was uh, Sauce Williams ripping that ball out and then catching it and then rumbling down the field for 40 yards. I, I love to see a big man just get busy and-, and tear down the field. I love it. That was my favorite play.
0: <laughs> okay, so Sean's giving us his favorite play. Um, I mean, it was pretty exciting ending, so I'm surprised Sean didn't start there, but... Ryan, right. I mean, what is your quickest reaction to the game? Like, you know, for me, the clock
1: hit midnight mountain time and New Mexico State turned into a pumpkin and put up a big zero in the second half. So that's,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it's tail two halves, really.
0: Yeah. I think for me, I mean, a win is a win. I, I, people have been saying that because. It was a grinding out kind of ugly type of win, but it was pretty at times in the second half. It was ugly in the first half, and it was pretty in the second half at times. And I looked over to Ryan in the third quarter, and I was like, this is the best drive. We scored on it as well. I was like, this is the best drive or the most run-and-shooty looking drive that we want. I mean, finally, we start sending a man in motion. So that's, for me, my biggest reaction is that, yes, yes kind of piggyback or dovetailing or Ryan saying it really was the offense and the defense that you needed both of them in the, second, in the mm-hmm. second half. They needed to come together. And that's what this team is going to need to win, like both units playing well. And we talked about this earlier in the year, right? 20 points. If we average 20 points, mm-hmm. if we could hold the other team down <laughs> below 20 points, maybe <laughs> like 17. So that was a perfect score to end it on 2017 as well. I said 29-26. Rashawn was pretty close, 24-20. Of course, Ryan picked us to lose that game but, uh, you know, and get demolished even. So um, I'm glad that Sean and I were optimists because it really was a 50-50 game. But um, with that being said, though,
2: we're going to go more in depth by starting with Sean's report card. All right, I'm not going to say much because we got the win, and a win is a win is a win. So uh, offense, C, defense, B-minus, special teams, B+. plus. I love that onside kick. That was perfect. Coaching C-plus, uh, crowd C-plus, ultimate warrior, Kaoli Nishigaya. Uh, the usher that told Ryan to sit down <laughs> a couple minutes left in the game, I give her an F, big fat F. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. Ryan, because Sean brought it up
0: already, I mean, you just got to tell everybody what well. <laughs> from your point. Yeah, of view. so,
1: you know, I was – you know, the rain had been going on crazy – for that whole second half. And yeah, and I want to say it was roughly about four, maybe four and a half left in the game. Um, I'm not even, I was so mad. I'm not even sure who had the ball. I think they did for during that time. And the usher was just, she caught my attention and was waving me to sit down, which I, you know, at first I was really confused, like, you know, what's going on. And then, you know, I did just because, you know, I'm trying to be respectful of someone who's obviously staff. Of course, there's also like three cops around her too. But, you know, I was just so confused. And, you know, even Sean was saying there was probably, I think, three rows behind me that were empty. So, like, the last people standing were, you know, higher. And, yeah, I just, I kind of just went, I got so mad, I started yelling some stuff at her. And it was just, yeah, it's so confusing to me why you would tell someone in a Division One football game who's a fan to sit down in, in a tight game. I mean, it was, it was a tie game in the fourth quarter. You know, it's it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, Um, I mean, I was I was fuming for a while, even way past when I got home
0: that night. Well, you're fuming into the next day as well. Let's be fair. But yes, (laughs) and you have a right to be. I mean, one thing that that uh, an outcome, negative outcome, byproduct of her yelling at you. Was the fact that it soured your mood away from a game that may be one of the few that we celebrate as a win the whole year? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's <clears throat> something that I can actually relate to um, at Aloha Stadium. And I believe it was 2013 season. I guess it was we went one and eleven, and the last game we won, Norm Chow was against Army, and that game I was told to take my flag down because I had it draped. I used to. I sat in the front row. How of dare Section you? D, I know, Hawaiian flag, like, put your flag down. Like, I was, like, preposterous. And, like, we won the game, and everybody's celebrating, and I remember, like, being, like, a bullet, you know? Like, yeah. but I had a reason to be, because, like, what the hell? Like, I'm literally the guy standing, you know, standing as well, which is funny, because that wasn't what... I actually was told to sit down one time. and found the person standing at the very top, who came all the way down the steps. This is a law stadium. On the concourse, ran all the way down to tell me to sit down. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're all the way up there. You're going to come all the way down. Like, I'm telling people to get up on defense. Like, what are you doing? Where I'm, like, standing with a purpose as well. I'm, like, cheering. I'm not just, like, standing with my arms crossed and, like, watching the game. It's, like, a part of it. I mean, if you go to a place and a lot of NFL games, like Kansas City, for example, Chiefs, I mean, I've never, sit, I've never really sat in my seat since I've had my season ticket. and Since I've been to a game. I mean, you stand the whole game. Mm-hmm. That's just like a part of the game. I mean, LAFC, it is a part of our game. It's mm-hmm. a stand. We had to actually sign a contract that would stand the whole game. Um, but that is a part of atmosphere. It's a part of the 12th man experience that Sean knows about, um, that mm-hmm. they talk about in Seattle all the time, and you know the effect that the crowd has. And that's just – it just well, sucks. I, I think experience.
2: the infuriating thing for Ryan was, Wayne, you were in her like a couple rows down, and you were standing mm-hmm. – I was standing. Well, but not at single. the time.
0: Not at the time I wasn't standing. I'm gonna be fair. Not at the time I wasn't standing. Oh, Only Ryan was standing at the time. She... Yeah. And the thing oh, was, I'm s i am thought she was yelling at me, but I wasn't standing at the time. But the thing is, it, it shouldn't have mattered anyways. I mean, I and it's funny because when we scored that Nishigaya touchdown, I was watching it on Pet- spectrum. I was standing for that. And I'm usually Damn. and that was on offense. Usually I'm standing more on defense, but um on that play. Uh, Ryan was standing as well you can see us in the replay I don't know if you were standing or not Um, but you know like I definitely was standing during the game I think she just wanted to show like she just wanted to show that she was working or something I don't know like
2: I think she kind of caught herself because she like after she said it you could kind of see the look on her face and then she walked into the corridor to kind of no
0: because last time actually she was the auntie that was like so one of our biggest gripes in our section because there's a you know the steps, stairwell. the yeah. stairwell that lines our whole our section. We have four rows, five rows in our section, and that lines the the um, ever side of the tunnel that the team mm-hmm. comes out of. That, that's why Sean has that photo behind him. That's literally Sean on the railing right there. That's mm-hmm. Um That's what <laughs> it looks like. So, but that those steps lead directly to the field. But those steps are only accessible by people that are sitting in the box, which I think. Like I said, having sweet luxury boxes, those are great ideas. I, I'm glad that they have them, and I'm glad they're doing these private entrances as well. Like, so I'm not opposed to that part of it, but it does eliminate because they want to keep it exclusive to those people. it Eliminates a whole lot of people, old people as well, from being able to easily access, easily get out of the stadium, and that's kind of scary. In one instance, and second of all, um, you know, it's just hard for a lot of people. I I don't move it now at this point. I. I think I went one time at halftime and I, I traversed the entire 151 mm-hmm. and then we have to go over to 150 to get out. So these steps would just take us right out. But no, we have to go across the entire section, which is kind of humbug because it is a long. It's a big section because there's like a crease. We're at the crease, the, the corner of the stadium. Um, but in any case, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, there's well, not as much. Wait, we saw a, a lady
2: there. with four kids trying to go yes. down there. And then we saw an elderly uh-huh. man try to go down there multiple times, and he, like, tried to ignore her, and then she went and got the cops. And they told uh-huh. him to go back up and go across. So, wow. Really? Yeah.
0: I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yep. Yeah. And, you know,
1: if, if there was a walkway of some sort, I could say, okay, fine. You can go through the walkway and turn around and go to those other steps. But the fact is, is you're going through people and their seats, meaning that everyone yes. in that row has to, has stand, to stand up. up. Yeah. And,
2: you know, it's these are – convenience.
1: There are, there are airline seats in row 30 in economy that have more legroom than our bleacher seats. Yeah,
2: definitely. You know,
1: even just standing up, it's still hard to kind of scoot through, you know, depending who you are. And, you know, maybe you are Kupuna and or you have a bunch of kids and you're walking. I mean, it's not easy to walk across and traverse. I mean, luckily for us in this game, compared to like Stanford, for example, there mm. were some rows that you can yeah. kind of make your way Empty. around and yeah. you know find your way through. But, yeah, it's just – it's absolutely ridiculous how that setup is. And, you know, they got to find something better solution-wise. You know, I I understand, hey, teams coming in and out, beginning of the game, halftime, close it off, you know, Mm -hmm. not a problem. But there's got to be a better solution. I mean, you know, there are teams that just put up stanchions, right? Just put up a stanchion with a little rope and just say, hey, during the game you can go in and out there. And then that middle section's still open control it NBA that teams way. and teams
0: then, do it. NBA yeah. teams do that I mean they have, NBA teams to.
1: have security guards that hold the ropes you
0: know yeah exactly yeah. and I mean yeah. that's what those girls could be doing down there or that. so yeah. they mm-hmm. I mean they've been appear to be like students young students who have been mm-hmm. like the ushers down there and the, the gatekeepers really the gatekeepers literally the gatekeepers but at the same time they're doing their job and we get it um but this is a time. To accept a school's challenge to be heard from its fans. That's the whole point. If if Craig Angelus, which I applaud him for wanting to come in and get hear the people's voice, here's our chance. I mean, because for me, one of the bolts in my chair came out. Remember in the first game, and it was like a seesaw, like it could (laughs) fall right off my chair. They responded right away to me. I mean, it was really unsafe, first of all, but they fixed it right away. And I got and I emailed the assistant AD for facilities. You know what I mean? Like I (laughs)
2: I'm
0: not You know, like their emails are public. You where you you can you can do that. So I would encourage you, Ryan. I don't know if you have, and I know that this is the most public you've been at least with it. But to at least let your grievance be heard. Um, I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really wanted to settle down as much as I could before I you know sent this email, and you know wanted to really try to get a clear head where I wasn't just like seeing bright red. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be an email going out. It was just it's a little interesting how like some of our emails that you see are very generic emails. And the fact that, you know, like I wanted to, you know, uh, copy Timmy Chang on it. And for some reason, the head coach on our website has a Gmail email address. It's not at foy.edu or anything. Hmm. It's literally like UH football coach at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: kind of ridiculous for you know, yeah. the university. That's not I mean, it's part. pretty
0: easy to hack those kind of things too. Um, yeah. That's why they yeah. talk about you know emails, emails.
2: But mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's important for them to hear because, like you said, you know, and there are some schools. Not there are going to be more schools that are sticklers. You know, not every mm-hmm. school wants you to you know rush the field if something happens. But like schools like Oregon, they encourage you to come on after the, after the field. You know, on yeah. the field just they have that experience. So. That's why we're saying like, there's a difference. And that's just a relationship. It's just like your relationship between you and the fans and what you want. So that goes, if there's mistrust there, if people are like, no, no, you can't go here because the people that have been successfully able to go down those steps from our section have just bullied their way around. But like you're mm-hmm. saying, they're calling the cops on them now, which is crazy. Cause there are a bunch of cops that hang out in that. Not that they're mm-hmm. going out of the way to call the cops, but there are cops that hang out down there. But telling the cops to help to intervene is a little extreme, I think. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And that, that is a situation that needs to be assessed. So that's why I encourage both of you, you know, to continue to be on the school about those things. Um, guys, I already we complained also.
2: about that. I, I sent an email about yeah. that. I mm-hmm. thought it, I said, it, I think we should be able to access that stairwell. So yeah, I mm-hmm. sent that to Craig. So
0: that's good. He needs to yeah. hear it. They all need to hear it. Um, but New mm-hmm. Mexico state, um, back to that game, Just our final thoughts. I mean, uh, for me, like I said, it was the the coaching adjustments were huge. I know you said C plus for coaching. So I guess you're saying like F in the first half and A in the second half.
2: It really was a tale (laughs) of two halves. Like, I don't know what Timmy said to them at at halftime or it was just. I don't know if he necessarily said anything. I think he really just changed. it. It just seems to me that,
0: and this is just my perception. I don't know anything is that different people are calling the plays are in charge of drives. Because every drive looks philosophically different from the one before. Sometimes we're passer heavy, sometimes we're offensive heavy. And the second half, we started running that in motion. Running in motion. That Mm -hmm. H-back. Four wide. Moving them laterally. Mm -hmm. And that was great because it added an extra dimension. First of all, we used to do that.
2: And like I said, the halfback
0: draw. How many times did I say, where is that play?
2: we ran that play how mm-hmm. many times in this? A lot in this game. Wayne, Wayne, everything that you've been calling for, they did in the second half. They round.
0: literally did. They, <laughs> they so did the like, yeah. trick
2: play. They did the, the onside play, kick. Yes. Yeah. They ran, we yeah. ran yeah. shovel pass yeah. a couple yeah, of times. Yes, we ran a shovel yeah. pass.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, if it, even if it took a half, maybe mm-hmm. it, it, that that is a sign of, of something to come in. Um, I encourage people to go and listen to our prediction show in August because I think what we mm-hmm. what we all said about this game was pretty spot on in terms of, um, first of all, you know, Ryan mentioned it being a 50-50 game. It really did. It was really a coin flip at the end. You know, uh-huh. anything uh-huh. could happen at the end. Um, you know, and Sean talked about, you know, this game, you know, in ter- it, especially our quarterback play and him having to um, emerge, you know, and, and, you know, Shager and everything going to be on him. And you pre- to, predicted a win in a, in a slugged out 24-20. I mean, it's really close to what the final score was mm-hmm. and could have been the final score.
2: Honestly, yeah. they
0: could have won 2420 if they just had a little mm-hmm. bit more of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I I thought I saw it as a three-point win for us too. I just and I had to wait for you guys to be here because I just <laughs> didn't know. I literally didn't know. And it just turned out to be one of those games. So that's why when I went home, I was just relieved. I mean, I hung out in the parking lot. I was one of the last three in the parking lot. I, I was just like sitting there, like, oh, I'm just gonna enjoy this moment, you know. Um, just mm-hmm. because I don't know how many wins we're going to get and you yeah, know absolutely. you know we'll talk about you and in a little bit but you know um Sean just your final uh, thoughts about that game about the New Mexico State game.
2: Well, I the thing that I came away with is like you know I can I can be critical but I was just happy to get out of there with a win. So like I'm just going to take it for what it was. You know, the second half was amazing and uh yeah, oh. just I was just so happy to get the win. <laughs> especially after that first half. It was ugly. That first half was ugly. So.
0: Well, Ryan, well, I know you're seeing red, but prior to <laughs> the you half, know, where you're seeing jubilation and rainbows, I'm hoping as well. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, hats off to the defense. They really changed it up because it felt like New Mexico State was just running all over us in the first half. And, you know, I wasn't happy about it. But, it, you know, when I was looking, I was like, man, you know, we were down 17-3. I, you know, missed that field goal in the half. And I was like, that was it looked like it was heading right towards my prediction, you know, the way that yeah. they're controlling the clock yeah, and the ball and true. everything. But, you know, defense totally turned it around. I mean, they only had eight minutes of possession the whole entire second half, They had three drives, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I think the play calling is a, a Jekyll and Hyde, whatever happened, you know, with whatever adjustments they decided to make, or if someone changed the play calling, who knows? Um, I still think there's a lot of stuff that can be cleaned up like any game, obviously. Uh, You know, one of my things is, is like, you know, like the onside kick was great, but then we did nothing with it. You know, we went incomplete sack, five-yard pass, punt. And whenever you have, I mean, we had a touchdown before that got the ball right back. You know, you got to do something with that and keep your momentum. And and that easily could have been, if the defense didn't step up the next drive, yeah, I mean, that could easily have been, okay, we're back down again, you know? So yeah, stuff like that. I think that, uh, yeah, for the most part,
0: our team was... Pretty good the second half, is what I'll say. I think for me, yeah, I felt like we had taken over in the second half as well. Like I talked about that drive in the third quarter where we scored, held the ball for a long time, got first downs, just moved, almost looked like a, a, a semblance, a really quick semblance of <laughs> that juggernaut that we used to be, where it's like, give us the ball, doesn't matter how much time's on the clock. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get back to that. And we're like maybe 15% of the way right now. You know, like we're not even close to clicking or having bread and butter. But we were starting to run some plays that were, you know, like when we were doing trips and really confusing their DBs, I could just tell by their body language that the New Mexico State DBs at least were kind of like yelling at each other, criticizing each other Mm -hmm. because they were getting turned around, twisted. And so, I, I, you know, I credit the receivers, the receiving coach, for helping with that. But also Mm -hmm. when we were leaving guys – that guy, the weak side receiver and just like Ashley Lee or I was, when they were showing the other day, shout out to spectrum, they're showing games, I guess from 2011 and 12. now. But my grandpa was watching and um, it was when we had, um, you know, uh, you know, just all those receivers just back in the day. And even at that time, even Norm Child's just that guy that we could just put on the outside and maybe catch a fade or, you Ooh. know, do something just, you know or just quick slant you know and that's something that we are starting to see with mcbride i think is going to be that next guy obviously Puffelli ashlock as well but pafeli looks like he is running a lot of inside routes and i don't know i get scared for him sometimes he's kind of skinny so i'm like oh no like yeah. don't take his head off but i give him a lot of credit that guy like he doesn't flinch at all he goes into yeah. um you know the thick of things um but yeah, that was that game, but what we'll need them to really step up for this game against UNLV. Uh right now, UH is an underdog from about what, nine points, nine and a half points? No, it's up to 11. It's up to 11. the people are taking UNLV yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not, you know, unusual. Even coming off of this win, like we said, this could have even been a loss, but we'll take the win. Uh we're still not there with our team yet from the beginning. And that's something Sean, you know, you talked about. Um, ironically, the last time we played there, coincidentally, mm. we scored on the first drive of the game, literally the first play, basically. Yeah, it wasn't first play, the very yeah, yeah, Martyr. It was Shevin Marder to Martyr for like eight Yeah, that Nick Martyr, of course, a big receiver that we had that should still be on our team. Um, and Shevin, mm. who should still be on our team. And that really mm. was that game was really the downfall of that team. That really that really was. That marked the downfall of that team was the UNLV game they never recovered really from that game fully obviously they did a good put up a good showing to end the season as well Um, and we missed so many guys from that team that would be absolute studs on this team we still had them Um, which is really sad to ponder but you know this game has a lot of meaning to local people as well and also to local kids who played who still live in Vegas and families that live there and you know play on both sides so I don't know. Heading into this game, though, Ryan, what do you think? Um, what's the biggest key to victory for UH? What would it be? It's what Sean's been asking for all season, and it's some
1: form of rhythm on offense early. It, you know, There's no way we're going to win a game starting in the second half. Um, side note, by the way, do you guys know who Dick Martin is playing for right now?
0: He left Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, he's playing for Auburn. Wow. Okay. Really? So he went from Hawaii to Cincy who's technically a big 12 this year yeah right to an SEC team wow. wow so I mean give the guy some credit you know I don't know if he's been playing or not or what any of that's going on but you know good for him
0: no I, um, I give him a lot of credit too um he had his little fan base in UH that I'm sure misses <laughs> him but um I I think that we UH does miss a big guy like him on the outside that um, had speed and and could get behind receivers i think mcbride is coming around it could be but he doesn't have that length i don't think that could well like you know he can't go i, I mean i shouldn't say he couldn't but i'm saying like marner was one of those guys that you could throw the ball up to a 50 50 ball up to him and he could come down with it so oh, yeah. that's what we mean like i think that these studs we don't really have on the team and that's that's so hard i think we have studs in making and, you know, I think yeah. Coach Dang also, I agree with him because I think he also says that as well. He just like, these guys need time. But I don't know. Dude, this this game always has something to do with the coaches as well. You know, just in the years prior, the coach has always been like for the good and bad. Norm Chow beating UNLV. That was one of his signature moments at his time. Um, you know, Rolo winning it with our big Hawaii sports, I don't know, Shpusha fuchsia tailgate well, a second shutout oh, no, i know because the okay. tailgate was pretty amazing okay um but she had a lot of good support from a lot of people hawaii sports fans was only a little very small part of it but um you know that era was of playing the era of playing in um Sam Boyd. you know Sam Boyd stadium mm-hmm. always we always had that type of, you never knew what was going to happen. Danger, ominous, like even in the stands. So Allegiant is a different feel. Beef. Um, total. <laughs> Allegiant, I don't think we had any beefs the last time. Mm. I think you got to be a little bit more classy to be an Allegiant. Um, yeah. But Sean, I mean, if we're going to win this game or if we're going to lose this game, I mean, what do you think is...
2: So So these guys <laughs> average 34 point points a game and they absolutely pound the ball. I think they only have one passing touchdown this season so they just absolutely just run it down your throat so we're gonna need to stop the run uh try to make what's his name uh mayava mayava try to be one dimensional and pass the ball but yeah we need to start fast like ryan said so um they like beat, you've been asking for <laughs> they beat utep they beat vandy they hung with michigan 35 to 7 and this is an absolute rivalry game uh, it's you know it's going to be 50-50 in the stands with Hawaii and UNLV fans this is this is going to be a slugfest so yeah unfortunately i have i have them losing this game so but i think it's going to be tight
0: i think the game has potential to um be a tight one as well i think we do have the potential if we do play um like that we did in the second half but I mean, I'm still anticipating a loss in this game, um, and you know something. Now that we we kind of know, I mean, Ryan actually has pred- predicted the win, and I'm in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he feels about it now. <laughs> how he feel about it now? Yeah, Good I chance. mean,
1: you know, early on when you look at some of it, they they had like one quarterback, a couple of receivers return. They didn't have any of their defensive line returning at all. When I was looking at it, I think, and then um, you know a couple of linebackers and a couple in their secondary, but. You know, the way that they've been playing it, and, you know, it's tough to tell. I mean, they lost to Michigan 35-7, which, you know, for majority teams, that's a close game, right? That's um, excellent. You know, but they played Vandy, which, you know, Vandy, surprisingly for us, was almost a 50-50 game by the end of that. And, you know, UTEP and Bryant, you know, we'll see. Um, they're obviously putting up, like Sean said, a lot of yards on the ground. I mean, they're, yeah, their quarterback's got 27 attempts. I mean, you know, Shager does that in a quarter. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he, yeah, zero TD is one pick for, for their quarterback. So obviously, if mm-hmm. we can get some kind of a run defense, I think that'll be huge for us.
0: You know, something about also running, uh, New Mexico State, when they ran that, uh, that bootleg kind of a thing where they had uh-huh. three re- three running backs and then they scored that touchdown on us they had like three running backs they had like a wishbone formation kind of uh-huh. thing and yeah. i think that's really cool because it was a throwing touchdown out of that formation uh-huh. and i think we need to run a lot uh, change it up and i bring that up because the guy brendan marion tried to do some of that when he was at uh and he left the program and now he's back at unlv as their offensive coordinator Um, So something in Mexico state, I thought through a bunch of different schemes, I think we'll see something like that, you know, throwing out of those, those old fashioned type of formations, which, you know, I think is possible. I mean, like we said, the the wheel route is always scary, um, but we always have that guy in the flat. We were, we were unloading and also having the shallow pass, just quick outs that we can um, give and maybe give Shager some confidence of having a guy close by him. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, taking a guy out of the slot or putting in the H back, I think should just be normal. I don't know. Like having a bit more guys back there may, um, you know, in case the play breaks down, having an extra blocker as well yeah. um, could help. But, um, but that being said, I think uh, just one final thing, you know, we talked about, go check out our predictions. Um, you know, I, I'm going to hold strong with my four wins, I think this year. And the reason I, you know, four wins for me, that number, in the, and why we're sticking to preseason predictions is because that, those are the, to me that, that total for me is what I expect coach Shank to achieve really. And that's what's on the coach, you know, and I think he can make it to four, but I mean, for you folk you two picked five. Do you think, do you think there'll be pressure on him if he doesn't get to five wins? Cause that was your expectation going into the season. Sean.
2: Uh. Yeah, I, I think he needs to show – I mean, we won three last year, so the, the bar needs to go up. He's got better players. He's got more of, like, his players. Like, yes, last year he was just scrambling to get a team out there. So, um, it, you know, it's amazing when we won four wide, we run the run and shoot, like, good things happen. So I, I think we just need to continue to, to develop and, and, and play our game. I know you're right. You
1: know, I think that some of his comments are saying things like, you know, going two and three right now kind of leaves us in a position to still make a bowl game, which you know is is a good goal I think to have for him right now. Um, You know, we'd have to obviously pick off at least four four wins and maybe get some help around the country if you go six and seven to make it to a bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, what he's his expectations are kind of in line of you know just trying to be this 500 team and you know i, I just I, I think you know the way that some of the teams have been playing in our conference there's a chance you can steal one or two if you just you yeah. know make a good you know a couple of plays i i really think the coaching staff is going to have to really make some adjustments so uh, i'm just I, I feel like i'm just seeing some of these decisions that don't always make the most sense i think we're slowly starting to clean up timeouts for example You know, having two, if not three in our pocket in the fourth quarter, if we need them, is a big deal. Uh, You know, we're not burning those early ones in the first five minutes of the second half. And, you know, but it's just like, you know, what, Wayne and and the three of us have really talked about that time of possession, uh, you know, going back to Oregon. Right. If you can't manage that and if you can't see that as a coach, that's a big deal. And especially when you come with these running teams like UNLV, for example, you've got Air Force down the line on that schedule. Mm -hmm. These are teams that are going to grind you and they're going to run 30, 40 times a game. And if you don't have a way to stop it and you can't score quick with your run and shoot, they're going to win these games 28 to 3 or 7 or whatever it is because they're going to take 45 minutes with the ball. Mm -hmm. So you know, hopefully there is, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's still a game planning on them, but yeah, stuff like that. I think moving forward, especially as you're getting a conference play, when you see offensive and defensive lines that are, we'll call it roughly the same size as our guys, you know, you're not seeing remember that tackle for Vandy, though. Look, he was like six, seven,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, so. Well, they got a guy that yeah. was like
0: six, eight at New Mexico state. But <laughs> yeah. I think our offense our defense, you know, the stripping thing, um, by stripping the ball, they were more active. <laughs> Clearly, that's something they worked on in practice because yeah. they were all very mm-hmm. active. You could see them all trying to rip the ball. Um, and it worked for Sauce, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the coaches... Honestly, if the game had gone the way the first half went, I think we would be in our right to question Coach Chang and the, and his staff and their capabilities. Yeah. And yeah. He, met, he met... I mean, if that was the first major test, and let's call it not major, major, but at least the first test, like uh, in terms of um, accomplishing an objective, even if it's a small test, I think he passed it, especially the fact that he had to change game plans. And in second half, of course we don't want to start off like that, but it was impressive to be down two touchdowns and come back and win the game, especially when you weren't um, generating much in the first half. So for the defense and offense, I think that showed, but like, you know, the timeouts and the going for two that one time when we were yeah. like confused <laughs> by it, you know, those things yeah. I think are getting going to just continue to, um, the coaches staff will continue to, to improve on those things. But mm-hmm. I think to be able to call the game and, and like the way that this one was called, I think showed that um, they can handle. And that was the first test, but you know, an would be a big win. I mean, this would be a mm-hmm. big win. This would be an unexpected win in my opinion, but yeah. for a bowl game, this would be the one they'd have to sneak in my opinion. Right. They have to be UNLV you know, one mm-hmm. because I just don't think they're going to be Wyoming on the road at home. That's going to be a hard one, especially the way Wyoming's playing. Yeah. Um You know, well, we're lucky to have San Jose Diego at home. Like we said, those those help mm-hmm. us are in our favor and Reno on the road, which we can win that game as well. So, I mean, we could possibly win four more games. I could see it, but UNLV would probably have to mm-hmm. be one of four or five. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, sure. uh, Oh, um, I was going to say we barely beat Albany. We barely beat New Mexico State. So, you know, the, the Mountain West isn't as strong as it has been, you know, in previous years. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to need to steal a couple to hopefully get full eligible. So, yeah, we're going to be those grinding out. I think the low uh-huh. scoring, I think for us, it's going to have to be. The I, we just, we need, we need to hit the ground and start yeah. faster. We can't, Mm -hmm. we can't go down you know we can't wait till halftime to but you know of our defense
0: yeah i I don't think we we don't talk enough about defense i think i should bring that we don't because we just put it on them like okay well these guys are doing the best they can which they are because they have a lot of loss and everything um that they've experienced a lot of personnel loss in the past years but they played really well in the second half and they played with pride and you saw them starting you know yeah like like, winston hall
2: he he balled out man yeah yeah Uh,
0: like I said they were, and they were missing mm-hmm. tackles. That first touchdown, five guys touched the runner before mm-hmm. he got. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, like, I think it's going to be the onus is going to be on both sides of the ball, really. Like, both sides mm-hmm. have to play at least, you know, at least a B plus game. Complementary, yeah, complementary yeah. game. Like, yeah. you can't. I don't think the report card can be lower than really a B plus to win a game because. Mm-hmm we have to play to our potential and that, and that's going to require game time management and well, game.
2: Yeah. Because they grind it out. We're going to need to mm-hmm. be efficient and score right. and score and not, not mm-hmm. wait until the, the third quarter to start scoring. Well, that right? was a quick game, right? I talked, I told
0: you, yeah. right. Like it could be an under three hour game. Finally, and it's because we're right. both running the ball and completing yeah. the mm-hmm. ball as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, and you
1: know, for us, I mean, dude, you had a that quick three and out after the onside. We had a fumble after a long drive, missed field goal. It easily could have been a, you know, 10, 14-point win. Uh, Granted, wow. New Mexico State had a, you know, the fumble of their own, and they had a missed field goal of their own as well. Uh, you know, you look at our schedule coming up. You've got three teams with a losing record, one at 500, and the other three with some decent records, they're, they're all winning. But, yeah. you know, for me right now, I, I think that at this point entering conference play, I would hope that we figure out kind of our running backs. For some reason, I feel like we got oh. seven running backs on it's, the roster. We added, yeah, yeah, we added a running
0: back. The David Cordero, yeah. Cordero came in, and, yeah, uh,
1: and I just, you know, I, you I feel like Jordan seven Johnson's different dudes. Our,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think Jordan Johnson's our lead, obviously, because he's getting the most carries. I'm, I'm kind of a little tired of trying to fit these like lineman, linebacker scenario, you know, body type of guys to fill in. I mean, if we yeah. had a true fullback, then maybe. But well, that's why. Like that why not? That's what I'm gone. saying.
0: Or have two wing backs or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just see an advantage because I believe that those are our work those guys are our best unit oh. from because mm-hmm. I think all seven of them showed promise. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing that's hard to leave guys on the sideline when you're gonna have guys that running routes that will never get looks. You know what I mean? I'd rather have an extra guy to block or to run right. a secondary route or a tertiary or whatever route, mm-hmm. you know, i rather have that than another slot back, than another guy running. Because, you know, let's be honest, Shager still is only looking at one or two guys anyways. Right. So yeah. if he has that time and he has additional, because these guys can block and they can also, as we always know, pull out, you know, be able to, you know, catch a short pass and run or catch a shovel pass. Check, check down, yeah. You know. And I, I I think just having two running backs in the field are just and running some, you know, um, end arounds or um, some plays that will just utilize speed right off the ball. I know that we don't uh, run, you know, under center, but I think that, you know, we could benefit from know, any way to, to use these guys because I think New Mexico State did it pretty effectively. They throw the ball a lot. They're almost a throwing team and they were running the ball in all kinds of different schemes.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you, you really liked a lot of their plays. Well, we all appreciated the offense. They were running in, in the mm-hmm. first half, you know, like well, Wayne was saying, we want, you want some of this in our playbook. So.
0: We do. I mean, we don't need a quarterback to go. I mean, cause their quarterback was kind of lumbering too. And we couldn't tackle him. I was like, yeah. this is not my goal Yeah. Game. It
2: was, he was running. Yeah. He almost had, well, you he had know, like he had a good head on him. Yeah, had 98 He was a, yards. He was a Total,
0: you know, FBS player, you know, mid-major player, Mm -hmm. like one of those guys that—that's—that's the limit for him. You know, that's the highest, and he's not looking at probably playing pro next year, but or he Mm -hmm. might. I'm not saying he's impossible, but Pavia—he's one of those guys that he definitely plays to his. Yeah, Diego Pavia, Mm -hmm. and this is a shout out to him. Not this is not to you know, this is more to to say that he is one of those guys that you got to respect because you're going to underestimate them and they prove you wrong um they're not the nfl types but they're guys that take their you know i liken him too. when i talk about men's volleyball all the time i always bring up you know the guy for ucsd ryan called like they're on a team the worst team in the big west but he's a guy that never because he's on that team never gets the credit so he has to play extra hard and show up and show up even though no one's really going to give him credit because the team is not doing well um but you know like i said New Mexico State is still, I think, a step below, anyways. UNLV a little bit. Um, there might, you know, UNLV is not going to be super much high above them, but I think they'll be a better team, you know. So UH will have to do more. Um, so, yeah, I'll keep my prediction there as well. I think I said 35 21. I don't think something like that. 34. I got to look at what my prediction was. I put anyway.
1: a, yeah. So Wayne had us at 35 31. Sean's got us at 23 17 on a loss mm-hmm. and then i had 34 24 as a win and i know that like my preseason plot was that by game six we should have some semblance of the run and shoot which to be honest we may have seen glimpses of maybe yeah. we'll call it 10 15 yeah. of the season but nothing where i just i expected it to be a little bit further along uh yeah but granted you know we have a lot of that receiving core Shager, a lot of new faces still and it takes time you know, we talked about this group for,
2: though.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a great yeah. group. I, I think yeah. that you know, what we talked about in the past, like you know, guys going out to the beach and tossing the ball around, getting those relationships and getting to know each other—that takes time, right? Um, you know, we just we haven't seen any of that where you're someone's playing catch at Kapilani Park. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't know if that's something that is going to happen anymore. Uh, you know, there's there's privacy and all kinds of other stuff, right? you, you can't just always show up and do that. But you know, for some of our players who maybe not be as recognizable, that might be pretty easy.
2: Timmy you know? Chang would throw to <laughs> all those guys at at District Park, mm-hmm. so during the summertime. So, mm-hmm. I, that, yeah, there there were stories of uh, Shager leading off-season drills mm-hmm. and working with the wide yeah. receivers. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I was yeah. happy. Well, to I, about him. Oh, I was going to say,
1: you know, it's a little different just because you know we we're not on the sideline of UH more at home. Right, yeah, but I just, you know, being at the Oregon game, I just never really saw Shager passionate, and emotionate with his team.
2: Well, you know, Timmy he, got in, he Timmy got like in his ticker. face and, and said he had, he had yeah. to step it up. And he be, they, Timmy said he was more vocal this game. So he says you're a leader, okay. you gotta act like it.
1: Yeah, so, it, it well. felt like he was pulling a ship lead. and he was always like out in the corner by you know right. by himself yeah. and it right. off yeah. and all that. So, you know, your your quarterback's got to be a leader and. You know, if you're in that position, no matter what your demeanor is, that's your job. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you you know, if it's how you play, it's how you're vocal, it's all of the
0: above. And, you know, hopefully we see more of it as the
1: season progresses.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I also think, one last thing before we go. I mean, I think something that Deion Sanders is proving, obviously, not just with, you know, his style, but also the fact that the way he used the transfer portal. And, of course, I don't expect Coach Chang to pull, you know, all the best of the the transfer portal, but there are going to be studs in there and he he has to be able to get them. Uh, And that's the, that's the name of the game is getting those studs right away. Cause you need impact players. Like we, and we've always needed impact players. This has never been a developmental level. Juco is developmental. Then we take Juco players and then they play right away. That's Mm -hmm. how we run Hawaii football. I'm not saying that we, that I'm not saying that you shouldn't develop players, but in today's game, That's just not, it's even less uh, development is going on. Not to say that, and that sounds bad, like development, but I'm saying people are getting development in other places and then coming to FBS mid-major maybe Mm -hmm. at a different time or, you know, coming down from FBS to power. Those are the ones, like the studs that never, you know, they never got playing time, they never got along with the coaches um, and the ones that left from Hawaii and they want to come back. That's really what's going to help Coach Cheney the most. I mean... To be honest, even with all the improvement he can do in coaching, with all the coaching up he can do of this current crop of players, his best chance, because for me, if he gets the four wins, you know, which I think he can get and I think he will get, um, mm-hmm. you know, that is a passing for me for second year and being able to go. And that's why I said four wins. But I think for next year, bull has to be on the agenda for sure. Even because it's year three. And what's going to help, though, in terms of, you know, instead of just Pofeli-Ashlock, who is going to get better? And McBride, Mm -hmm. who is going to get better? And, you know, whoever the quarterback is, um, we do need to have impact players come in right away. And that's going to be from the transfer portal. Um, But with that being said, um, this has been another another awesome show. um, In-season, we're trying to get these out as, as fast as we can. But please share... Um, Share the show with other people. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. (laughs) Um, You know, check us out, Mm hisportsfans.com. See the latest tours. Um, And, you know, if you have any questions, info at hisportsfans.com. And you'll get right back to as well. Um, But for Wayne and Sean and Ryan, uh, this is Rainbow Wrap Up. This is the crew signing off. Take care. See you next time. Aloha. See you guys in Vegas. Eat those revs, Go Bows! So what's so different about Hawaii sports fans? Hey guys, this is Wayne Quaito, and that's a question I get asked a lot. And it's a fair one. There are a lot of great local companies that will take you on the road, get you game tickets, transportation, airfare, and hotel. Yes, we can do all of that too. But the difference here is an extra layer of detail an extra layer of personalization, an extra layer of premium amenities and adventure that you can't get anywhere else. Starting with our group size, we usually never go above 24, usually around 12 to 15, and sometimes only two to four even. It doesn't matter. Whatever size we're gonna give you that experience, we're gonna give you a foodie adventure. We're gonna make every moment count. There's no dead time. And of course, you're always gonna be well-fed and always eating very good stuff. I can just guarantee you that. But here at Hawaii Sports Fans as well, We want to make you feel like family, always. And that's something that is hard to do for most companies. But we're proud to do it here. We can't wait to have you on the road. Join us at HISportsfans.com. Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at HISportsfans.com.